Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. It's a delight to be here with you. If you get through, great. We're going to be praying for one another. If you don't get through on my phone lines, know that you know there's no distance with God. It doesn't matter. We will unite our prayers together spiritually. You can always send those prayer intentions before we begin to Maggie, my producer. She's on the board right now, and she is monitoring our social media platforms. If you go to our X platform, you can tweet at her by uh, just simply using the handle at Drew Mariani Show, at Drew Mariani Show. Follow me at Drew Mariani as well. That's great. And of course, uh, leave your intentions on Facebook or YouTube. She'll put her eyes on them and give you a voice coming up. A couple quick intentions as we jump right into this today. Uh, Just found out that Bishop Malloy's Master of Ceremonies and the Diocesan Director of Liturgy, a 39-year-old young priest... 39-year-old pastor, St. Peter uh, Geneva, died yesterday morning, and uh, they're asking for the prayers uh, for the soul of Father Jonathan, I think his name was Bakeland or Bachland. So we want to lift him up, pray for his soul. Uh, Also, I want to pray for this mother who's trying to find a house uh, or some place to rent. She's got three young children, and she wrote desperately she needs a place to stay. Uh, She says she's gone through a very terrible time with her husband and she needs to get out of the house and away from him. So would you ask everyone to please pray for me and for my children? And I'll keep her name anonymous and we certainly will. Another person said, Hey Drew, could you please include my 16 year old son? Two things. He's really having a hard time with other high school kids making fun of how he looks. He just got a new haircut and uh, it's worse since it was not cut according to what he likes. And his parents, we just tried so hard to build his confidence. Please uh, pray that he'll have the strength to endure and all the peer peer pressure. On top of that, he's got walking pneumonia right now. So we're asking for God's mercy. And one final one here. This person said, we just had to place my brother-in-law in in a VA home. Um, We took care of him as long as we could. Second longest POW in Vietnam. And he suffered tremendously. He's now in his 90s. He's such a beautiful soul. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Navy and was shot down. So we want to thank him for his service, and Pat will certainly certainly pray for him. Maggie, anything you want to start off with? Anything you want to pray for? I know we got lots of intentions coming in. There's just a few of the many, many intentions that we often see. Yeah, you know, I was catching up with Jim Shaper earlier today, and um, we had been praying for him and his wife, Erin. She had had some imaging done in the last couple of weeks to look at uh, an area where her cancer had previously um, been. And after a couple of visits with the doctors, it sounds like she's in the clear. That's fantastic. It just kind of was like an odd situation that they were seeing in the imaging. And so um, he seemed really relieved and just wanted to thank everyone for their prayers. That's great. Continued prayers of health and recovery for her and, and for the kids. Yeah, and Jim works on uh, Kale Show and Timber Show and the Rosary Cross America. Yep. And he kind of takes the later shift here at the network. So, mm-hmm. Jim, we're praying especially for your, for your wife. It's frightening. I, I know a, a woman who recently had a mammogram and had to go back for another test because there was some shadowing. And that's what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. So we'll pray for good test results for anyone waiting um, or having to deal with cancer right now for some some real miracles. Uh, so let me share a quick uh, positive email or two that have come in here, a couple answer prayers. Hey, Drew, I've written to you for my friend. I called the prayer line and I prayed uh, 
for many years during the Divine Mercy Chaplet for a 40-something-year-old mother of twin boys and a daughter, all teenagers. She's been battling breast cancer in Boston all these years with the support of her husband and children. Two years ago, the doctors told her the cancer was so bad there was nothing more that they could do. Um, We continue to pray. I trusted in the chaplet. And I just want to let you know, and I want to let everyone who prays with you know, Today, Holly is cancer-free, and we want to praise Jesus. Sincere thanks, she says, to everyone for all the prayers. May God bless you. God bless all. Jesus, I trust in you, Maureen from Rhode Island. Maureen, thank you so much for such a beautiful email. Another person says, hey, I want to thank you for answered prayers. I was praying the chapel with all of you in hopes that the bank would lower my interest rate on my credit cards. It was drowning in this, this, this debt. They did a lot more than I thought they would. So thank you, Jesus. Praise God, she says. Gene, we're grateful for that too. And, you know, blessings come in all sorts of ways, don't they? And that's a great way. One final one here, and then we'll pray. I've called and sent prayer requests to you several times for my daughter and for her alcoholic husband over the past few years. I'm writing now to tell you, and she she attached this email of you know the, the litany of problems that they're having. I'll just give you the thumbnail here. She says, I'm, I'm ready to tell you now that her husband, has been sober for almost two months, and he's in a recovery program, and he's doing amazing. So thank you for the prayers, especially that of the chaplet. My daughter is doing so good and is no longer isolating for everyone as well. Thank you um, for again for the prayers. They are working with their creditors, and um, they hope that they'll not lose their home or the business. So please pray for that. My daughter, by the way, has also started attending church with me. Drew, my heart is so full today with gratitude. I know that I know every day when I pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet that those warriors and some of the calls that come in about loved ones suffering from addiction, that I should never lose hope. Let them know not to lose hope. I've seen the fruit of prayer. Jesus is faithful. He's compassionate, and he always hears our prayers. Thank you, everyone who's prayed for my family. Jesus, I trust in your infinite mercy. God bless you, and I'll leave the name anonymous. Um, Thank you for taking the time to write and share those. Let's pray for a miracle for you right now. All right, If you are in a tough situation, you're really begging God to resolve the situation, the crisis, or you need a blessing, join me as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You expire, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. 
He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's go to beautiful Wilmington, Delaware. Ed is praying with us there. Hi, Ed. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. I'll try to make this as brief as possible. I'm praying for two intentions. The first intention is for my wife, Barbara, who has developed a severe anemic condition. Uh, She was in the hospital in August. They couldn't diagnose it. It seems like her red and white blood cells were being attacked. Uh, Her situation stabilized over the last few months, but in recent days, she's experiencing severe fatigue, uh, very strange uh, kind of... uh, physical problems. She she just went in for blood work. Uh, We're praying that uh, her hematologist will be able to direct her because he had mentioned before that she might have to go for a bone marrow uh, for a pre-leukemic check. So uh, we're obviously very nervous and anxious about that, but very trusting. And then the second uh, request is for a beautiful woman, prayerful woman named Sabina, who uh, we found out she has metastatic breast cancer, which is inoperable. Well, hey, thank you for calling in. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. Um, we're with you. All right. We will pray you. for your wife in a particular way. Now, how heavy your heart must be on that house. Well, anxious you. it can make him. I can't imagine going through what you're going through right now. And we'll certainly pray for that friend with this inoperable breast cancer. I believe, and I often say it, nothing is impossible with God. I really, really do believe that. And that's why we pray. That's why we come together. And that's why we have so many miracles coming in. Um, I think it's in gospel Luke somewhere where uh, there's this one line where, where scripture says faith does not make things easy it makes them possible right I forget who said that faith does not make things easy but it makes them possible and nothing is impossible with God faith moves mountains and Lord right now I pray for those who are in these these really difficult situations uh, especially when it comes to health the diagnoses or the scans or the the doctors say, hey, this is how it's going to be, or this is how it is. Um, you can say otherwise, Lord. So I come right now and I ask for miracles. So I ask for better test results and complete healings and for miracles. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call today comes from Teresa in Covina, California. Hi, Teresa. Good good afternoon. I'm praying this week is the Pray for Unity of Christians Week. It's ending. And I pray for the Unity of Christians Easter with the Orthodox. And Jesus suffers twice when we're not united. Also, 
my motto is, where there's evil, more grace prevails. Like and if the the U.S. Army and the Texas National Guard meet, I pray that they will line up, salute each other, mm-hmm. and then together say, in God we trust, right, well, and that there is no civil war. Thank you, Drew, for, for everything that you do, and Maggie, too. Thank God bless you. you. We're grateful for all those beautiful prayers. We'll pray for that. Let's pray for our country. Um, I, I don't foresee American firing an American. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Could always be wrong, but we'll pray for peace. Let's pray for our country, that God will be merciful to it, that he'll protect us from degeneration, from disaster, from disease, from war, uh, from our moral failings, that virtue can can flourish, right? And vice can be vanquished, and that we can be the moral people that are so necessary for allowing this, this republic to flourish. So, Lord, I give you this country. I thank you for the many blessings you've given America I pray for its people. I pray you hold back the hand of your justice. And I pray for the conversion of our leaders and of world leaders, uh, the planet over. And I uh, give you every intention Teresa just brought. We turn to you now, uniting ours to hers as we pray, Eternal Father. I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right before we go to our next call grace is waiting for us in wimberley texas Maggie's here with me. Maggie, what can we pray for? I know a lot of attentions are coming in. Uh, I just want to lift up this um, caller that Patrick took. Uh, They couldn't stay on air. Christina from Illinois is praying for a Chicago woman who needs a liver transplant. She's 35 years old. She's a single mom with two kids. Wow, tough. Praying for her. Um, We've received many prayers for our Catholic brother, Governor Greg Abbott. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people have said that he is a, a good example of a Catholic politician. So also praying for yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> Carla um, asks for prayers for her brother-in-law and sister's medical exams this month, that the Holy Spirit grant wisdom and peace during their exams. May they use their medical vocation to serve God. Jesus, I trust in you. Aurora wrote to us, she said, for the conversion of my family... May those who have left their faith return to the sacraments of the church. Dejana wrote to us and she said prayers for a the conversion of a romance scammer in China who tried to scam me and came very close to doing so. His fake name was Robert. Wow. And what's her name? Dejana? Dejana, yes. Please pray for me too as I'm going through feelings of humiliation and embarrassment. I asked him to listen to this radio station. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Conversion. I hope he's listening. Uh, some comments from YouTube I pulled. Tanya said, prayers for my daughter. A student at her school voiced a concerning statement that included a potential threat yesterday at her Catholic school. 
Nikki says, uh, prayers that my daughter will find her path to get a job that she loves and one that gives her financial stability. Uh, And Jonathan wrote, in thanksgiving to our Lord for all his healings and miracles. Good prayers. Great prayers. We'll pray in petition and in thanksgiving. A lot coming in. And again, you can always go ahead and uh, send your intention to us uh, on our ex account at uh, at Drew Mariani Show, YouTube, Facebook, all those other places. Send me those answered prayers. And I'm grateful. I shared a number of those earlier today. And there's even more. I'm going to share them every day. How God is healing and blessing and reconciling. And if God has answered your prayers as we've prayed the chaplet here, uh, send me an email. Drew at relevantradio.com. That's the show account. Drew, first name at relevantradio.com. And mark an answered prayer, or, you know, praise report, or whatever you want to do so I can see it. And uh, we'll add it to the many other intentions that are coming in. But let's pray right now. We'll uh, add to the mix Grace, who is in uh, Texas near Austin. Uh, Grace, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you, Drew, for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, uh, prayers for my family. We're going through a very difficult situation. Um, my 16-year-old son, Kayla and Joseph, um, this past October, um, after a Halloween party, he had a there was a hate crime committed against him, and um, he had a we believe a couple of really. Um, uh, bad concussions, and he is struggling, healing from from them. We're going through, you know, the authorities and all that. Uh, but it's just, it's not the case. Is not going well at this moment, and it's just for me more than anything. It's just the evil done that came out from that night. I'm sorry. Just so unbearable. So, and just seeing my son going through this dark valley, it just breaks my heart. I, of course, I think about the Blessed Mother. Yeah. You know, he's been having a lot of rejection and um, just, yeah. So, And I pray yeah. for your family, Drew. I pray for your family and Maggie's family. Thank you, Grace. I know families are, families are under attack right yeah. now, the marriage. Uh, so thank you. Well, Grace, I'll pray for your family too, okay? You hang in there for your son. I know it must break your heart as a mother, but uh, but I pray for anyone who's been abused, anybody the victim of a hate crime, anybody who's been the victim of bullying. Lord, I, I pray for the for the mothers, the spouses, the siblings, the fathers, those who feel somewhat powerless. And I ask for healing. There's emotional, psychological, as well as those physical wounds that so many carry, Lord, that uh, you'll embrace them, and that your mercy will be the the ointment that brings her healing. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, our next call comes from uh, Holland, Pennsylvania, near Philly. Christine, good afternoon. 
Hey, Drew. Hey. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Maggie. So I'm calling in for a praise request, yeah. um, answered prayer. I have called and, and sent messages on, on Twitter. My handle is Buxco Catholic. Right. My brother, Eric, 53, he was hospitalized in January of 22, end-stage kidney disease, other chronic conditions, bedridden in a nursing home for two years. He's since lost 200 pounds. He's no longer diabetic. Wow. He's wow. walking. <laughs> and he has. Um, he came home last Wednesday after oh, two wow. years being in the nursing home and hospital. Yeah. So thanks be to God and, and yeah, that's a miracle. For, for all of the prayers, uh, relevant radio prayer warriors, and just, you know, nothing is impossible for God. Amen to that. Hey, Christine, thank you. Thanks for your vigilance, your diligence in prayer, your fortitude, your commitment to it, your trust. And what a beautiful testimony. Let's pray in Thanksgiving for your brother who went from being bedridden in a nursing home to having a new lease on life. And I love it. God can change things. You know, your story took took a little while. And I love it. We have to persist, right? We have to continue to pray. Some miracles happen instantly. Others, the Lord wanna, wants us to continue, right? To continue to pray and continue to walk through that valley, you know, allowing our faith to be the light that illuminates our path. So, Lord, I give you thanks for the many ways you answer our prayers. I ask for the fortitude that we all need to continue this journey, make our way down this path called life. And Lord, when we draw our final breath, be there to meet us as our merciful Savior. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the world. sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right before we go to uh, Gina in New Jersey let me jump back to Maggie Maggie what's coming in um something just came in on Twitter I thought I should voice Arlene wrote to us she said Drew please pray for my son he's living a homosexual lifestyle we are a devout Catholic family, and he just got engaged. Mm -hmm. We are devastated. We have informed him about the perils of this lifestyle uh, to his soul. We're praying for his conversion. It hurts, but we trust in God. That's all you can do. you got to keep praying. Um, it's a tough one. That's a really, really difficult intention. Um, St. Albert the Great, he once said that the greater and the more persistent your confidence is in God, the greater your trust is, the more abundantly you're going to receive what you ask. So um, the more you trust, the more you receive, right? That's how St. Faustina recorded it in her diary. Uh, God is full of compassion. He never fails those who, who, who cry out to him. And as a parent, I know that could be a, a real dagger in your heart. Uh, let's pray. We'll, we'll pray for that child. Um, We'll pray for you. We'll pray for God's will to be done in uh, in His life, especially. And but I just I pray for respect uh, for the natural order of things, the way You have created us. Uh, I pray for those who uh, have lost their way. 
recently, and Lord, I pray for virtue and for chastity in every state in life, whether we're called to be single or married. Uh, I pray for those who are cohabitating, those who are in same-sex unions, Lord. I, I just pray for virtue. Uh, it's, you know, we often pray for finances and health and all these other very temporal things. But Lord, I, I pray for the grace that we can all grow in holiness and in virtue. We may be pleasing in your sight. And I, and I pray for the salvation of the souls of, of our children and those we love. You spare them the fires of hell. And uh, Gina is in New Jersey. We'll grab her and add her to this final decade as well. Gina, good afternoon. Hi, God bless you guys. Um, I'm calling because uh, I accidentally made an online purchase that I can't afford. And I'm having trouble getting my money back from the merchant. So I'm calling for help with that, to pray for help with that, and also for the conversion of everyone involved in the purchase, including myself. Did you call your credit card company by any chance? I don't know if they can help. Or you just... Yeah, I did. Um, but I, I ha- actually have to wait um, yeah. a little while for it to go through right. um, before they can do anything. So well, let's pray time for Time is important. We'll pray for the conversion of that of that merchant. I know time is important, especially if you're relying on those funds being there for you. Lord, right now I, I give you Gene and I give you anyone who's suffering economic hardships, anyone who's underemployed, unemployed. Uh, anyone who just is drowning in debt, Lord, um, who's been scammed, who's made mistakes. I give you everyone on hold, everyone who's written to me, and every one of those intentions that we all have. You know the prayers of our heart. So today, I advocate for those who pray with me, Lord. And I beg that you hear our prayers and show us your mercy. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God. Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. Our Lady of Champion. Pray for us. Mother of Mercy. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Our Lady of Palestine. Pray for us. Our Lady Reconciler of Peoples and Nations. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. St. Faustina. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. St. Peregrine. Pray for us. St. Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. St. Patrick. Pray for us. St. Timothy and Titus. Pray for us. All you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Stay with me. Florida is looking at passing some legislation that will perhaps 
banned social media use by kids 16 and under. This is an amazing story. And there's new evidence that you really should hear about regarding what cell phone use, some of this digital platform use does to the mind of the young. Uh, all that is coming straight up. If you are tuned in, stay with me. If not, go to relevantradio.com, stream the broadcast, or download our mobile app. And I'll be back with that and more. Your virtual parish. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. When I was in ninth grade, I actually got social media behind my parents' back, (laughs) and it led me to want to kill myself because I felt so lonely. I didn't really trust in God or I wasn't a practicing Catholic, but um, my mom always told me that she had a gut feeling that something was going on during that time. You are not alone. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Now maybe I'll play a little bit more of that audio for you coming up in just a moment or two. Um, it's a powerful testament. That girl's name was Grace. And the last time I talked about the topic I'm about to get into, a beautiful young teenager uh, named Grace called in to share a story on how social media has had a profound impact on her life. And there's a lot of news coming out regarding this. I, I want you to be in the know. Maybe you got kids or grandkids. You know, maybe you're kind of addicted to it yourself. The link between your screen and your mental health is becoming a lot more clear. Uh, New York City recently went so far as to call social media a public health hazard. New York City. They said, this is a, this is a mental, this is a public health hazard. Ma- mayor a- Eric Adams, who's the, the mayor there, said his state, uh, he, he, he did the state of, a, of the city address. The mayors do that. And he, I, let me just share one sentence from what I was reading, maybe two. He says, companies like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook are fueling a mental health crisis by designing their platforms with addictive and dangerous features. Now, we know that, right? Clearly, that's what's happening. Um, he, he went on to say, just as the Surgeon General did with tobacco and guns, we're treating social media like other public health hazards, and it must stop. And I, I, I just want to say bravo. You're right. I mean, would you give your kid a cigarette when he's 15 or 14 or 12? Of course not, right? If nicotine is addictive and it can cause real harm, should we be doing the same thing with something just as addictive that can do real harm with rising rates of anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation and the erosion of self-worth and a whole litany of other things? Florida is going a little bit farther. I saw this story, and that's why I thought we'd talk about it. Lawmakers there, they actually have a bill, a piece of legislation, that would prohibit social media platforms from allowing anyone who is 16 years and under from creating a new social media account. It would also require them to delete any current accounts of kids who are 16 and under and delete all that personal information from those deleted accounts. I don't know how you're going to enforce this. You know, Kids are pretty clever. They might find a way around it. But I think it's pretty cool. I like the idea. Good for you, Florida, right? On, on top of this, you know, they, they're going to have, uh, they're going to use an unaffili- unaffiliated third party to verify the ages of anyone who wants an account. So I, I, bravo to New York and bravo to Florida uh, on both of these steps. 
I think is going to make a big difference. And if you care about our country and you care about our future, then you're definitely going to you're going to want to pay attention. Dr. Leonard Sachs is going to be joining me. We've been talking about this for for quite a while. Before I get to him, you're probably sitting back and saying, "Well, why are they doing this? I mean, what's the big deal?" Ever since you know, teen use of phones. Um, you know, ever since we've given our kids teens, and look right now, let me rephrase that. If I was to give my kids a phone, I would not give it to them until they went off to college. I know that sounds ridiculous. I was a parent who gave my kids phones because they were younger and cell phones were relatively new, and I wanted to know where they are. I wanted to make sure they were safe. But the phones when I gave my kids were a little bit different than they are today. Today, you have access to everything at lightning speed, right? I think with kids, my kids had flip phones initially when they first came out, right? It wasn't like it is today. Um, what are we seeing? What I know today, and I just want to pass it on to you. Back in 2015, they say that ADHD exploded. The diagnosis for that exploded. They've been on the rise ever since. There's this clear correlation between the increase in the use of screens and the increase in depression and anxiety. I've never seen anything like it. And I, I go first when people say, oh, we have an epidemic of anxiety and depression. I go to the cell phone. That's where it is. Post-pandemic, right? After the pandemic was over, teachers are reporting that this latest generation, the Gen Alpha, as they're known, they're, they're kind of iPad kids. And I, my son just adopted a young kid. I'm telling him, do not give that kid an iPad. Uh, it, very aggressive, very undisciplined. And, uh, you know, the ability to regulate their emotions is very bad. I mean, it's, my sister-in-law was a school teacher. She just retired. She's young. She's 55 years of age. It's a different world in the classroom post-pandemic. So let's talk about it. Uh, if you want to join us, maybe you're experiencing it. The number is 888-914-9149. I want to go ahead. Pardon me, Maggie? Oh, yeah. But Maggie was saying, you know, you should, before we get to Dr. Uh, Sachs, good good call. Let me share with you a little bit more of, of this, this testimony. This comes from Grace. He's 19 years old, okay? Um, and as I said last time, we called, we got this phone call from her, uh, and she testified personally what social media influence has done to her. Check this out. Hi, thank Hi. you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to share my story briefly on uh, when I was in ninth grade. Um, I actually got social media behind my parents' back, and I used it every day because I had a fear of you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. And um, it led me to want, it led me to want to kill myself because I felt so lonely. And at the time I didn't, I didn't really trust in God or I wasn't a practicing Catholic. But um, my mom always told me that she had a gut feeling that something was going on during that time. So when she found out that I had social media, she took me to confession and I went in and I felt relieved. And after that, we started going to mass again. I didn't have my phone for about three years. And that was the most freeing experience of my entire life, even though as a 16 year old, I like hated her for it, <laughs> but it was so freeing. And um, when we started going to mass as a family, again, people started telling me that I'm such a big inspiration to them. The first time that I felt like I was here on this earth for a reason. And now I'm, I'm 18 and I, I couldn't be better. So I just want to urge parents to, to, if they have that gut feeling, to just trust in their intuition because I feel that's God trying to tell them that something is wrong. 
If you're a parent, do the right thing. Sometimes it's the tough thing to do, but you'll be glad you did. I'm joined right now by Dr. Leonard Sachs. He's a psychologist. He's a physician in Exton, Pennsylvania, and he knows this uh, subject matter intimately. He's written all sorts of books, uh, four books, Why Gender Matters, Boys Adrift, Girls on the Edge, and The Collapse of Parenting. And if you want to check out his books, uh, I think they'll be a blessing to you as a parent. You can find more about him, too, at his website, LeonardSachs.com. Doctor, thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Thanks for inviting me. It's a powerful testimony from a 16-year-old. You know, uh, your thoughts on what she said and the transformation she encountered when her parents did the right thing. Well, unfortunately, her story, Grace's story, is not unusual. Uh, We now have very, very strong evidence that social media drives anxiety and depression. Uh, It's worse for girls than it is for boys, but the effect is there with boys as well. And uh, the key point of Grace's story is the connection with her parent, the confession, and the decision to, to shut down the phone. Uh, but Grace is a little unusual in that regard. Uh, unfortunately, many, many teenagers who are stuck in this uh, don't have the strength or the courage to get out. And the parents have no idea what's going on. And so the kid just gets worse and worse and worse because they don't want to give up their phone. Grace mentioned the fear of missing out. They're, they're worried. They can't imagine life without social media because that's all they've known since they were 10. So uh, that's a a major emphasis in my book, The Collapse of Parenting, is that parents need to know what their kids are doing. They need to limit and govern and guide what kids are doing with their devices. And many parents, unfortunately, are clueless. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine something like this falls under that category, the collapse of parenting. But why are parents allowing their kids to use these screens now? Is it the fact that they don't know how addictive they are? Um, or is it just, you know, I, my, my reaction when I first had them is I wanted my children to be safe, you know? You want to be able to get a hold of them. Well, but yeah, I've seen but, two or three but, year old sitting in shopping cart stock, yeah, um, you know, on I, their parents' phone or I'm in the iPad. office. I, I have three year olds with devices that parents are giving them. Um, so how do, uh, bigger question, how do we know what to do as parents? Well, there's basically two ways. One is we think about what our parents did, and then we, they did it well, we try and do what they did. If they did it badly, we try and do it differently. But in this case, there were no internet-enabled devices around 20, 30 years ago. So our parents, our experience growing up ourselves as kids isn't helpful. These devices didn't exist. Uh, the iPhone uh, launched in 2007. Um, so that the other way parents figure out what to do is they look at their peers. Well, that's, a, that's no good either because uh, in the United States, all the parents are letting kids be in control. And again, the, the original title of my book was The Collapse of American Parenting because it's worse here than it is uh, yeah, outside of North America. Uh, in the United States, parents are uncertain uh, of their authority. And they think good parenting means letting kids decide because that's what they read in the New York Times or that's what they heard on National Public Radio. Good parenting means letting kids decide. That's all around us. And it is not accurate. It's not true. Uh, I mean, maybe it's true in some domains, like letting your kids decide between green peas and lima beans. But (laughs) with regard to the question of whether or not your kid's going to have a phone in their bedroom, 
are going to have a smartphone or going to be on social media at 13 years of age, that child is not competent to decide. They're going to make a decision based on what other kids are doing and based on what they think will lead them to be more popular with their peers. Those are not good bases for a decision. The parent needs to understand what are the risks, what are the benefits? Well, the risks are huge and the benefits of social media for 13-year-olds are zero. So this is a pretty simple call for the parent to make, but it has to be the parent's call. It is not reasonable to put this burden of whether or not your kid's going to be on social media in the lap of your 14-year-old. You know, what's she supposed to say when her friend says, hey, how come you're not on TikTok? Is your daughter supposed to say, well, researchers have found that uh, that, uh, TikTok may be a risk factor in the etiology of anxiety and depression. (laughs) That's that's ridiculous. you got to allow your 14-year-old to say, hey, my parents have locked it down. They won't allow it. They've installed parental monitoring software on my device. I cannot install TikTok. End of story. Yeah, right. Yeah, what a great way to help your child. They may not like you for it, but at least gives them something to save face. My guest today, Dr. Leonard Sachs. Doc, I have to take just a short pause. Stay with me. When we come back, we'll take a few calls. I only have Dr. Sachs maybe another 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the most. If you want to join us, 888-914-9149. Maybe you're going through this right now with your own child. Maybe you see the depression, the anxiety, or some of the psychological side effects of this type of screen exposure. We'll take a look at that, why screens are so addictive, and more when I come at, when I return. You can join us now, 888-914-9149. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Connect with Drew on the Relevant Radio app. Hey, looking for a new job? How about one that offers opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. An Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. Introducing social media to a younger generation, we already have all, there was a documentary um, called The Social Dilemma, and it spoke about how all these programmers are creating this for, to kind of create this addiction we all have. To introduce that to a younger age group with all of the concerns we have already of their safety online, imagery, people having access to your children, there's a thousand reasons why I just think this is dumb. These are not nonprofit organizations creating this. These are for-profit private companies that are trying to monetize our children. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. You're just joining us for taking a look at... uh... Well, screen time and your mental health and the link between uh, screens and uh, what even mayors of major cities are are now saying. They are calling it a public health hazard. Uh, Mayor of New York said that. The uh, Florida lawmakers are passing laws that want to limit kids 16 and under from being able to get on new social media accounts and and having the age verify and so much more. My guest today, uh, Dr. Leonard Sachs, he's a psychologist and a physician, wrote a book I think will help you as a parent if you're saying, man, I do need to do something about this. It's called The Collapse of Parenting. Do a quick search for that. Sachs is spelled S-A-X, and you can also find him at his his website, leonardsachs.com. Doc, time's going to go quick, so let me jump right into the phones. Helen is in Lombard, Illinois, and has got a daughter uh, who uh, was suffering from depression. Hi, Helen. Good afternoon. Helen, go right ahead. You're on the air. All right, Maggie, is, she, is her fader up? All right, I'm going to put her back in queue. Good call. She was talking a little bit about, 
You know, how by the time her daughter was in seventh grade after giving her a phone at 12, was totally depressed and isolating herself and was lost to her friends. We'll reconnect with her in a second. Let me move to Kim, who's in Dayton, Ohio, next. Kim, thanks for waiting. Good afternoon. Thanks. I appreciate you taking my call. I'm not um, sure this is exactly the direction that you're going, but when you talk about parenting getting harder, Mm -hmm. the kids that are in school, the teachers are giving them screen time all the time. That's true. And... I am currently working through my master's in art education, and all we hear in the classes for teachers, let the children have their choices. Let them decide. Let them do their own thing. And I keep asking, why are are we there in the room? Why are we teaching? If it's all students' choice. And then everything is screen time. And no one is trying to teach them anything. Kim, thank you. It's a good point. And let me let the doctor jump in here as well. Dr. Kim brings up something I never thought of. We hand our kids these tablets and these computers the second they get to school. They're in front of screens all the time. It's not social media, but what does that do? Why are these things so addictive? And, and how does that impact everything from education to, uh, to behavior? Well, when I counsel parents on choosing a school, I, I advise them, how does the school use screens? Uh, it's fine to use technology as an assistant to the teacher, but I'm finding more and more schools that are using technology as a replacement for the teacher. And the kid's looking at the screen all period instead of interacting with the teacher, and that's not a good idea. And you end up with kids who think that the screen world is the world that really counts. So find a school, and it's not that hard. There's lots of good schools around that understand that screen should not be the center of the child's attention. Yeah. Kim, thanks for the call. I appreciate the perspective. I'll move along, though, for the sake of time. Helen is in Lombard, Illinois. Helen, good afternoon. Hi there. I'm sorry I got cut off before. No problem. Um, I just had gotten a phone from my daughter when she was 11. She was in activities after school, so I wanted to keep in touch, all that kind of thing. But it became progressively just, I mean, it is a drug. It is an addiction. I don't know if it's just my kid, but I, I think I see it in other kids. But it had gotten to the point by the middle of seventh grade, she was so dark and so depressed, isolating. Um, it became her sole sense of of any kind of uh, engagement or communication, but not even calling other kids, solely interacting through texts or social media and and even to the point, like, we had gone to get mental help um, for her in the situation she was in, and they were recommending that she go into full-time care because of the anger that she was displaying about trying to monitor or moderate her amount of tech time. And to this day, um, at 17, it, it can still be a, a very angry exchange to try to control it. I beg parents, do not, do not engage and don't let your kids try to make you. Thank you, Helen, very much. Doctor, I'm going to let you respond. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a story that's becoming more and more common uh, as you opened with the story of Grace. Uh, Parents don't understand how toxic this is because, again, we didn't have this growing up. And I've often used the analogy of alcohol. If alcoholic beverages just came on the market a year ago, how long would it take us to figure out that these are not good things for 14-year-olds? Uh, look, we can debate the toxicity of social media for adults, which is a separate talk, topic. But 
social media is really toxic for kids. That's the point that you mentioned the Surgeon General, Surgeon General of the United States last May said it is clear, it is clear that social media now pose a major risk to, to children. Now, my objection to the Surgeon General's report is he didn't come out and tell parents, you've got to lock it down. He was timid, like many Americans. Uh, he was like, well, you know, talk to your kids about the dangers of social media. That doesn't actually accomplish very much. If all the other kids are on social media, it's not fair to your kid to ask them to be the odd one out. If all the other 14-year-olds at your school are on social media, you're going to have to take charge. You, the parent, are going to have to lock it down. And your kid's going to say, that's not fair. I don't want to be the only one without social media. Well, I want to be the only one who's not anxious or depressed. The majority, more than half of American teenage girls are now anxious or depressed, according to the latest data. And social media is clearly driving this. You need to have the courage to be different from other parents. Let me do this. Oceanside, California is on deck. Matt, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. God bless you and the doctor. Uh, In San Diego, if you take your phone away from your seven or eight-year-old, it can be used against you in court. You can lose custody as it's happened to me. And I only took it away from her for while she was with me on the weekends and if there, you know, if she wanted to call her mom, I'd let her, but it's really, really backwards here. So now they let, you know, eight year olds make decision on custody in the family courts. And if anybody out there can help me now, the kids haven't been able to go to mass for two years and they're in Germany Tough stuff. when all their family and friends are here. And also she started shining on family and friends when her mom gave her the iPhone at seven and a half years old. That's way too young. Hey, Matt, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Doctor, I only have about a minute left, so I'm going to allow you to have final thoughts here for Matt and for all yeah. of us who are listening. I share my concern about California. I just spoke, I spent three days at Santa Fe Christian School in Del Mar, which is just north of San Diego. California is getting to be a really scary place uh, because that not only the school districts, but the state law is now really anti-parent and will uh, actively work against the authority of parents. Uh, so. If you're a parent, you have to have the courage to do the right thing. And if you're in Southern California, you might need to move. <laughs> yeah. Well, doctor, I'm grateful for your time. I really am. I, I, there was a study done I, I saw in 2021. It showed adults who were considering, considered at risk uh, of Internet addiction was two uh, more times likely. Uh, to, they were more likely to have depression uh, and two times more likely mm-hmm. to have anxiety than general population. So it's not just yep. kids. I think everybody's yep. got to be careful with this. I hope people will check out your book, uh, The Collapse of Parenting. There's a lot of other ones that he's written. Go to LeonardSachs.com. Doc, have a great weekend, okay? Thanks again for inviting me. You got it. It's Dr. Leonard Sachs. Stay with me. Your news and headlines are straight ahead, but I'll be back on the other side. 